Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What is going on, everybody? Happy Monday. I hope that your weekend was just absolutely lit, man. It was it was a good weekend for me, actually. It was uh, I got a lot of a lot of stuff done. I've been working on a project, so I got a lot done with that. That was great. Got to catch up with friends, all that good stuff. And then I explored space with a buddy of mine, figuratively, of course. It was great. We were playing a No Man's Sky for all you No Man's Sky fans out there. Um, yeah, so welcome to Elijah Fire. This is episode 94. You guys, we're cruising. We're going all the way up into the stratosphere, episode 100. I'm stoked. It's just a milestone, and it's just God has done so much this last year, and I'm just stoked. I am stoked for what God is going to do in the, the future. Also, by the way, they're going to be pressure washing around my place. Uh, so you hear, I'm going to be, I'm going to try and get on that mute, you know, as quickly as possible when uh, when the ruckus starts. So bear with me, um, guys. Uh, I'm I'm really stoked about. I'm always stoked, but I'm stoked about today because. Uh, my guest today is, um, she's somebody that I, I consider to be just an absolute, just model Christian, if there ever was one, uh, just in, in, uh, her ministry, um, her decades long ministry and just serving the Lord and doing just crazy radical things. For those of you who don't know, man, she's been to like porn conventions, burning man. She's a, she's a really, really, uh, gifted dream interpreter. She's an author. She's a speaker. She's also the founder of freedom lounge. Let's give it up for my guest today, Cindy McGill. Hey, hey. Hey. Yeah, no pressure. I, I built you up, so now you have to blow people's minds. Okay? I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, she does? Yeah, what? That person's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So, Cindy, yeah. welcome back to the show. It's been a while. Too long, in my opinion. Yeah, it's been a yeah. year. I know. It's been, yeah, I think you were you were definitely on before we were on lives. We were just like doing pre-recorded things. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm excited to have you back. You've always got good things to say. Uh, so yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Cindy, um, what is on your heart to share? Because there's a lot here and there's a lot, there's really a lot that God's doing right now. Oh yeah. Oh man. We're in a big, big, big shift. Yeah. I mean, we're just, um, it, and it's, it's a good shift because God is doing answering prayer. He's answering uh, the cries that have gone out before him. He is um, actually bringing justice to issues and areas where we've seen injustice. And um, the, you know, we're, we're going into a whole new season. It's not without warfare. You know, we've got to realize that whenever Satan is exposed, whenever things are exposed, uh, the Bible's clear, you know, what's done in secret is going to be shouted from the housetops and things are going to be exposed. God's not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he's going to reap. And these things are getting ready to come full forward um, into the view of everyone so they can know. And when that happens, uh, I always call you know, Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He's always trying to find fault. He's always trying to shift. I call him a classic narcissist. I mean, if you were to look that word up, his face would be there, right? And so he's always wanting to shift the blame or 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 try and make it where, you know, well, it's you. It's all, you know, you did this or whatever. So I feel like we're entering into a time where we need to be real clear about who we are 
We need to know what Jesus has given us to do, and we need to be unafraid to do it. And we've also got to have language uh, to be able to navigate the days ahead. And um, I think we're in the sheep among wolves moment where, you know, there were two things. In fact, I was just sharing at a conference this weekend and I said, there's two things God said or Jesus said, he goes, first off, you're going to be hated by all men because of me. (laughs) We're like, oh, goody. You know, and then he said, um, also, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves and go and preach the gospel to every uh, creature, you know. So we've got this twofold thing. You know, he's telling us to go out. You're going to have a lot of dangerous situations that you could find yourself in. But be wise as serpents and be harmless as doves. And just know that um, I'll give you the words in the moment of what to speak to the person or whoever, or group, or whatever that he's asking us to do. So we're entering into times where signs and wonders are going to be very, very cool. Like, I mean, it's Ephesians uh, 3.20. I hasn't seen, ear heard, nor has it entered into our mind what God has in store for us. We haven't even thought it up yet. And then I like Habakkuk 1.5 that says, look among the nations. He said, I'm going to do something in your day that even if I told you, you wouldn't believe it. So I'm going, well, we're in for a ride. This is going to be an interesting time, but he's going to give us uh, foresight. He's going to give us the ability to see ahead and give us instruction on how to navigate whatever assignment we're being asked to do. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, just in time to that guy pressure washed and like all this water, like hit me in the face. (laughs) I saw you looking around. Yeah. I like flinched. So sorry, everybody. If I looked distracted, it's over. (laughs) (laughs) It just startled me. Yeah. So, um, Cindy, something that you were talking, we were talking about before the show is kind of when you began to see this process of doing things a little bit differently, um, and you were out with Doug Addison and you told, would, can you tell that story? Cause it's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Doug and I are friends. We've been friends for a very long time and we were together doing an outreach in the early days when we were first starting to interpret dreams for people on the street. Right. Instead of, and actually learning to interpret ourselves. We didn't even know really how to do that very well. And, um, we were in, I think San Antonio and I had interpreted a dream for a young girl. We were in a mall. Um, and, uh, and I got it, I got the interpretation and I gave it to her. And then I had a word like of knowledge, just an encouragement, right. Or something. And I hit it on the mark. And she said that you're the, you're the best witch I've ever run into. (laughs) And I was shocked. I went, I'm not a witch. Like, I know. Right. I was like, I've never heard anybody call me that. Never. I mean, uh, and I was, I was trying to say, I wanted to say, I'm, you know, I'm not a witch. I'm, 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 I'm Christian, you know, or whatever. And Doug kind of tugged on me at that moment and said, she's giving you a compliment. And the reason why is because that's her language because Mm -hmm. the church hasn't been doing this. Mm-hmm. And the only people that we it that, you know, up until recently, the only people that were using prophetic evangelism or giving words of knowledge uh, were people in the psychic realm. You know, that's why uh, that's why I, I was in my books, you know, I was saying 
we we're doing everyone a disservice if God is pouring out dreams and visions in the last days, according to Joel 2.28. And so God's giving dreams and they're going to psychics to get them interpreted because the church hasn't been known for this. And so it was a quite, uh, it was a learning curve for me, you know, and I thought, oh, okay, well, that's interesting to know that that's what they think. And so, um, and I've discovered it throughout my journey of going into all these places, like the Burning Man Festival. The Burning Man is a um, big, big festival, 85,000 plus uh, in the Black Rock Desert of Nevada. And, um, and it's a free expression lifestyle. I call it a free expression lifestyle with a pagan twist. You know? <laughs> so, um, and it, it's all made up of theme camps. So it's all made up of a city overnight where you have a theme camp and you can do whatever. And so we always had our theme camp, the Freedom Lounge. And, and I had been going to Burning Man now since 2003. Um, so really we didn't just go a couple of years and blow it off. It's like we went and, and God kept having us go because we created, there's a temple out there. So we know that it's fit for spiritual hunger. Uh, people are going on a spiritual journey. They're going on a self identity journey. They're going on journeys to help them discover, or figure it out, you know, without pressures of the world. Um, and there's no cell phone service, you know, everything is very, just leave it all behind, just enjoy yourself for 10 days or whatever. Um, and you have a lot of the new age stuff out there. People have new age camps and um, Reiki healing and all kinds of things. Right. And we had a, a camp called the Freedom Lounge because he, he who the sun sets free is free indeed, right? And then we had to take instruction from God and from the Holy spirit on how do we navigate this culture? Cause this isn't church, you know, in yeah. fact, people out there are church hurt. Oh yeah. Are they're godless or God confused or are God hardened. Um, and so we had to begin to listen because we, we couldn't speak language like we do inside of a church building. Tim and I have been saved since the 70s, early 70s. He was saved in 72. I was saved in 73. So we've been around. We've seen it. We've pastored churches. We've pioneered churches, planted them. And so you speak a different language. I call it planet Christian. <laughs> planet know? Christian. I love that. We speak a whole different language, but we were out of touch and out of sync with the world and what they were learning and how, you know, because people had distanced themselves from any kind of church. They, mm -hmm. they didn't fit in. They're creative. They're different. They're, they're free spirits. They don't come in. They're not going to sit in a pew. They're not going to sing words on a screen uh, that are foreign to them. They're not going to, you know, typically they're not going to come in. What they're looking for is power. They're looking for identity. They're looking for something to satisfy them spiritually. So we created the Freedom Lounge and gave the Holy Spirit. We used to tell them, in fact, every year we we gave Holy Spirit permission. We marked our property off, you know, walked it, marked our and little. Caleb, Caleb Brundage was there with you a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He went every, yeah, every yeah. year with me. Awesome. And, um, and we'd mark it off and we would say, Holy Spirit, we call him the spirit of truth. 
because people don't know the language out apart from the world. They don't know Holy Spirit. If they do, they attribute it to church where they got hurt. So we call him the spirit of truth. And we would say, you're welcome to do anything that you want to do here that you cannot do in church. Mm. <laughs> and he did. He did. Oh, I bet. <laughs> and so, um, and then God began to give us language and tell us, you know, I want you to call me by my attributes, he said, instead of by my name, mm. because the name Jesus, we have to re-identify Jesus to a generation who thinks he's something else. So the name Jesus was always a trigger word or a, mm. I call it language landmine. You know, if people had been in a very strict religious home growing up and they heard Jesus and they had to go to church and they pray, had to pray and their parents would punish them for whatever, or if they were unchurched at all, um, they think Jesus is, uh, the problem. He's the reason, like I said, Satan loves to accuse the brethren. He loves to accuse us and accuse Jesus, um, of things he's doing. Yeah. So we, we called him by his attributes and we called him a shame taker. We called him mercy. Mm. We called him way, truth, life, way, light. We called him ancient one. We called him uh, scar removal, you know, the one who can remove the scars and take them, a trauma remover, um, whatever it might be. And so the more we did that, the more we felt we were scratching the itch of what they really needed. And most of what we found, this is our own discovery. Mm -hmm. So it's not, a it's, no, it's nobody's book, you know, it was just experience going out there, I was so shocked at how many people would gather in the desert looking for spiritual guidance. And there were really only five, I think, Christian camps out there. Hmm. And I would walk or, or I would either walk on the playa, the playa means beach. I'd either walk on the floor of the desert out there or I'd get on a bike and ride around and my cry was, where is the church? Yeah. You know, why is there only five little camps out here for 85,000 people that are spiritually hungry and seeking when God has given us the whole field? He said, mm -hmm. go into all the world. So what are we doing? And I would come back into church settings and people would be, you know, all having potlucks and putting on fog shows and yeah. whatever else they were doing. And I'm like, you don't, there's miracles happening out here. Mm. There's people that are getting impacted by the power of the Holy spirit by invitation. Cause we'd always ask them, would you like to have an encounter with the spirit of truth mm. <laughs> when they would come in and they go, well, sure. And, I mean, what else are they going to say? You know, oh, no, I'd like to have a lie, please. You know, just right. <laughs> um, so it was by invitation. And when they said yeah. spirit of truth come, who is the Holy Spirit? He did. And when he did, he would it, it just it was it wrecked them. Mm. They had never I felt God. they didn't even know God existed. Yeah. Some of them thought that they were God mm -hmm. or they thought he the universe is God or. They don't know if there is a God, you know, mm -hmm. agnostic um, yeah. and, and atheists. And 
it, 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 it was so eye-opening yeah. to me. I, I feel like there's, there's this thing within the church where there's a lot of people, and I know this from personal experience, I think m most Christians do, not knowing the authority that we have and, and viewing us as ourselves as these quiet, meek um, uh, people that are always on the defensive and we're always, but um, the, the, the kingdom, the kingdom of God is meant to be pushed out. That's what Jesus said, go out, go forth, make disciples of all men. And um, I think that a lot of it too is like this, this lack of understanding of just how much power and authority we've been given through Christ. And I yeah. think that, and even, even to, to your credit and what your team would do at Burning Man is like, is like you, you were speaking his attributes. You were defining him by his attributes. Like even that, like God is bigger than, than the English language. He's bigger mm -hmm. than any, any language. And so mm -hmm. he can transcend that. Even if you're not going, Hey, let me tell you about Jesus. And it's like, I mean, that would that'd be an immediate closed door to a lot. It of people is there. Mm -hmm. yeah. They wall you up yeah. and you can feel it. You, you just not, and they've already, they've already just uh, defined you. Mm -hmm. They've already just, you know, put you in a box. Mm -hmm. They've already said, well, I don't want anything to do. And uh, then the other thing that was a real um, a learning curve for me is uh, I wasn't able, by the leading of the Holy Spirit now, remember, we're in a different world. I felt like we were on a different planet out there. And I mm -hmm. felt like we were in a different world, even culturally now. Everything we did back then and all the times we went out to Burning Man, it's now right here in your face. This is the world. This is woke culture. That's this is great, what they believe. This is what they think. And now it's all around you, right? Mm -hmm. So God just had us out early learning how to speak to them so we can mm -hmm. train people how to do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but I didn't even identify when they said, are you a Christian? And God said, don't identify with that. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Because if I do, they're going to put me in the box of someone in church who hurt them. Or they're going to put me in the box of someone who's rigid and religious. So I said, no, I am. I don't identify by that. It's funny now because you can. They ask you, well, what are your pronouns? Or uh -huh. whatever, right? <laughs> so what do you identify by? So now yeah. it's all like relevant. Uh -huh. but, um, You're ahead of your time. We yeah. were ahead of our time. <laughs> yeah. We were forerunning. Yeah. And I said, I don't, I don't identify with that. What I yeah. identify is uh, I have a spiritual journey and I have a spiritual life. And Jesus is my guide. Mm. And I'm a follower of Jesus, the guide of my spiritual journey. I said, all of us are on one. And so uh, for me, I, that's, that's what I chose. And when they would have an encounter with the Holy spirit and they would be rocked to the core, when they would throw their heads back, it was so, I was like, that's why I was saying, when we go back to church, we're like, what are we doing? We're sitting around doing yeah. nothing. Right. Oh, the Holy spirit yeah. would knock them down. Wow. They would start speaking in tongues, which I didn't think anybody would do until they need you. Right. Right. That's crazy. And I'm like, I'm watching all of this with amazement. Like, because we told, we asked the Holy spirit, 
we gave him permission, do anything you want to do. We're not going to try and harness you. We're not going to try and tell you, you can't do this or that. Right. So we were standing back. We felt like midwives. We were the ones standing back going, let the birth happen, you know, mm-hmm. however that needs to happen. Yeah. And when they had that, you could feel that the Holy Spirit was all over them. And when they had the encounter and they were coming out of it, they would say um, 99% of the time, they would say, what just happened to me? And then we said, well, you just had an encounter with the one who made you, Come the on. creator. Oh, man. And they would say, I, I, one guy said, one guy was a doctor from New York and he goes, don't you do that to me again. And I said, I didn't, I didn't do yeah. that to you. <laughs> yeah. And they would say, how do I get this? Mm. I want this forever. How do I get Man. this? Because it was the same type of experience that happened to me in 1973 when I was at an Andre Crouch concert, didn't know anything about God or Jesus. I didn't even know if he was there, but the Holy Spirit had filled the room in the concert. And Andre said, if you're seeking, if you have questions, if you don't know, reach out, he said, and touch Jesus because Hmm. he's walking up and down these aisles. And I literally reached out at that moment. This is in August of 1973. I reached out, like literally reached out. And I felt the Holy Spirit come on me and I didn't know Mm. I was changed. Mm. I felt like the lights went on. I felt like my mind was clear. I felt like 500 pounds fell off my back. I felt like my lungs opened up and they would define, they would describe that kind of, they would say that at Mm. Burning Man. They would go, I feel like my mind is clear. I feel like my, I, I feel like I can see, I feel like, because the blinders were taken off, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. I started thinking, how can I reference this? How can I let people know? And the closest I got to it was in Mark 2, where these guys had this friend who was lame. He couldn't walk, mm-hmm. right? And they went to go to the house where Jesus was. But the way was there were so many people crowding the door, he could, they couldn't get in but they were desperate. Hear that because this is where we're going with this next move right now. It's on us. It's the granddaddy of them all. They're desperate to get their friend who can't walk. He had legs, but there was no strength in his walk. Hmm. Pay attention to that. So they had to get him in front of the one who could do something about his condition. And they were willing to, and they were desperate to try and find a way to get him in in front of Jesus. And so they did unconventional things. They did unconventional things. They, mm-hmm. they crawled up the side of the house and got up on the roof and took all the twigs and the branches and the dirt and everything else. And don't you know, that was a disturbance <laughs> for the meeting. Yeah, they ruined well, you know, the roof. <laughs> everybody's got covered in dirt, you know, because yeah. it's fallen from the ceiling. Yeah. And then they got a hole big enough. They had to determine where Jesus was. Then they had to get a hole big enough to lower that guy on a stretcher in unity. These guys had to work in unity, which we do in our teams. We all work as one. And we had to, they lowered him down and got him in front of the one who could do something about his lame situation Mm -hmm. 
and mm. then he could walk. Then he got his healing. Then he got his, then he was able to, to navigate. He could go through life and he wasn't crippled. He wasn't hindered. And he saw Jesus and Jesus literally gave him. And then he said, your sins are forgiven, you know? So yeah. I feel like that's what we do. I mean, we're just like, okay, well, that's not working. So what can we do? Like, yeah. how can we, how can we get somebody to experience Jesus when they've never known or they didn't know he was going to fix their problem and deliver them from drugs, deliver them from meth addiction, heroin addiction. I mean, they came in all loaded oh, out, sure. you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. ecstasy, yeah. name it. And, but when they came into our tent, the freedom lounge, because we asked the Holy spirit to be present and to, to occupy, they came under that portal. Mm -hmm. And they instantly sobered up. Yeah. And they were like, what is this? You mm -hmm. know? Yeah. And it, it was interesting. I noticed that when we would even just introduce ourselves or whatever, sometimes they would, they would cuss or they would whatever. And they would go, Oh, I can't do that in here. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. And you guys are, weren't like over you guys definitely weren't overtly like, haha, we're we're Christian and all that. Mm -mm. One guy came in with a mask on and he he started feeling because we were they were drummers, we were drumming, you know, and we just worship. That's what it was. It was just nonverbal worship. We had all the gym bays and drummers going and mm -hmm. um and of course we were praying in the spirit you'll like this we were praying in tongues and they like the fact that you do that and they're like that's beautiful what is that language oh wow come on and we go oh it's a spirit language dude it connects us to the creator right when you're speaking their language i mean no pun intended i mean like you're totally speaking the language of the people that are there trying to seek something they're trying to find something Right. Anything. That's yeah. why they were there. And so he took his mask off without us saying a thing. And he goes, I can't be someone else in this place. Wow. And so they were already by revelation, by the Holy Spirit, they were already discovering, I have to be real because there was no shame, there was no condemnation. There was no finger pointing. Mm. We weren't trying to get them straightened out. We just provided a place for them to experience the goodness of God mm. and his mercy. And the other thing I found out is that we're sin abounds. Grace abounds. really does yeah. much more abound. I mean, it was like, it wasn't just words on a page anymore. It wasn't just a scripture. It was real. Like we're sin abounded great because God is so desperate. And he told me if you with, uh, you know, I wrote the book words that work Words that work. Boom. There it is. <laughs> words that work. Yeah. And God had told me, um, if you're kind to my friends and this is for church. Okay. This is for church people. And remember, I was saved in 73. We pastored churches for 40 years. 
And God had to tell me, had to say this to me, if you're kind to my friends, because he's a friend of the sinner, right? Mm -hmm. If you're kind to my friends, I'll introduce you to them, mm. which told me that there's, we've been unkind to his friends. And, yeah. you know, I heard someone say one time on the radio, it was a Christian station. And they said, we in the church have a problem with people who sin differently than we do. Hmm. And I'm like, you're right. Yeah. I mean, and we've corralled everyone. We've put them all over in this section or this section or that section, or we think it's our job to correct them or to rebuke them or to whatever. And they're not, they're just searching. They're looking. I mean, it is the kindness and the goodness of God that leads people to repentance and to change. And when they find that and they see that there's no, they're not handcuffed and they're not being imprisoned by their bad behavior mm -hmm. or any of that that they've got a wide open door to come in and that Jesus will transform them. They are like, I did not know I could, I didn't know this existed. I didn't know about, about God. And so then they would immediately want to be different. They want, we, in fact, we had menu boards because <laughs> it's the freedom lounge, right? So we mm -hmm. had a menu board like, um, like you'd drive through McDonald's or something. Uh -huh. And one of our first menu items was organic restart. Welcome to your new life. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, and original root recovery, find your identity, who you really are. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. I found this to be true at the porn conventions as well. Mm-hmm. When we would go in, that was a big, that was heart wrenching. I'll yeah. just say it was, um, it was the hardest outreach of all the ones I've done. Really? Mm -hmm. Because yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't get my mind around why these beautiful young people uh, would be subjecting themselves to <laughs> piece Horrible. of meat, you yeah. know, and. Yeah. I was like, I, I, and I was the first time I went, God had asked me to go because some people had said, um, this is an area that you could probably be real effective. And we went as in dream interpreters, you know? Okay. So this the was after thing. you guys had been going to Burning Man, you started mm -hmm. going to porn conventions. Okay. I think I got my feet wet at Burning Man, you know, for yeah. some of the other places that I've gone. Mm -hmm. And I walk, I was literally sobbing the first year I went into the porn convention because I, I was walking down the industry a uh, big auditorium thing. And I was crying. I had tears rolling down my face. And um, it was like God arrested me at the, and said, I've seen it. Mm, man, yeah. And he said, you're seated with me. Mm. So just sit with me and I'll tell you who I want you to talk to. And I'll give you um, opportunity like uh, through a dream interpretation, I'll open them up. I'll, I'll give you a moment to speak with them. Mm. And we've been doing this this year coming up will be our 13th year My. going in. My. And it's like, we see them chase us out. You know, we're like, we're moms. I'm after the womb of America. I'm after the womb of the woman. I'm after the womb to say, you don't have to live broken. You don't have to live injured. You don't have to live vacant. You don't have to live with no purpose and no future. 
you can have life that is going to fulfill you way beyond anything you've ever seen or done. And that's Isaiah, or that's a Jeremiah 29, 11. You're not meant for destruction. Yeah. That's not what you're made for, but you're made to have um, healing and to have life and to be, uh, have a, a fruitful existence and to give you a future and a destiny to give you something to hope for. And so there's times when I would see them and, and I just give them a mama hug, you know, cause mm. we're mamas and we yeah. give them a mama hug and they would uh, break down mm. and they yeah. would say, how long are you going to be here? And we're like, Four full days. <laughs> We're here all four days. Yeah. And they say, please come back around and talk to me. And then one year, more than one year, we actually had some girls chase us out the last day. They have to close up early. And they chased us out and said, can I get one more hug from you? Oh, man. Will you hug me one more time? Yeah. And I knew that um, those kinds of hugs were bringing healing to them in deep, deep places, in places where we couldn't, words would not work, you know, words wouldn't even penetrate. So it was just our availability. We wanted nothing from them. Uh, we just wanted to show them that they're worth it. They're valuable. They have, a, they've got a future. And we'd say, sometimes this is what you settle for, but I see some things for you ahead. And I think this is what you're made for. Wow. And God would begin to give us specific words mm. of knowledge about them. You know, you're meant to be in the, in the medical field. You know, you've got this thing on you. You, you want to see people healed. You want to, um, you want to be able to, to offer healing to people that are sick. You want to, you want to make their hearts better. You want to make their bodies better, you know, and they're like tearing up. They're like, Oh my gosh, I've wanted to be a nurse my whole life, you know? Mm. Things like that. So um, yeah. it it's been a discovery journey for me, and and it was interesting because um, we saw we just saw so many people. We saw so many many people, and we're still hearing stories mm. of of some of the ones who said, "I I wouldn't have my contracts up in a year. I'm not going to be here. I'm not staying in this industry." I saw you last year and you gave me, I interpreted my dream and then you told me some things about my future and I'm going for it. Come on, man. So when you're affording these people things that like you just being a mom, right. And coming in and giving mama hugs and, and affirming them, um, obviously connecting to the heart of the father, but affirming them and, some of these people, that was the, the the lack of that in their life led them to that place. Yeah. Led them to that place. And so the acknowledge of that, that it's not like it wasn't this formula where you're like, okay, and then now I've got to, now I've got to, uh, I've got to walk them through this specific prayer. Or I've got to, um, I have to tell them these things and that this is wrong and that, and that they need to leave and all these things. And it was, your approach was so much more about the father's heart and it's like mm -hmm. and, and communicating that love to these people that needed it so desperately. And that, that, that from your, from your testimonies, I've heard Caleb talk about this and I've heard other people doing very similar things that like 
sometimes that is what that's what people need. It's not like the perfectly curated words of this and that. And I need to make sure they know everything right and everything wrong before <laughs> I go. And a lot of times the scales tip to, I need to tell them everything wrong that they're doing. And it's like, they know that. They, <laughs> they already know. know that. And then they, they feel shame. Yeah. Then they feel shame. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you can't do that to people on the floor of mm. a porn condition. They're no. uh, a convention because they're working. Yeah. And so we can't open them up to that. But um, because now they're, they're jacked up, they're messed up in their mind and their emotions and their, you know, so we, we have to be very careful and we, we follow the leading of the Holy spirit because he'll tell us what we can say and what we can't say. And, um, but it's been a real rewarding experience for us and it's been learning. It's been, it's been so educational for me just to learn the father's heart even yeah. deeper for myself, you know? And, yeah. you know, I keep thinking about how many people I always tell people this cause, uh, <laughs> Everybody that God used except Jesus in the Bible were messed up. <laughs> so no. if you no, feel no. like <laughs> if you feel like you can't do it, it's it's you can. Right. Like, I mean, we don't we're never gonna get perfect enough to ever just be available and yeah. God'll fill you up and he'll change you in the middle of it all. Yeah. So it's been yeah. a real an interesting situation. And but we're heading into this now. Yeah. I'm telling you, um, if we've ever need, you know, where the where the harvest is ripe and the laborers are few, it's and I think it was uh, Steve. I was interviewing with him on Elijah's streams and he said, why aren't we doing this? Mm -hmm. And I said, because we haven't known how. Yeah, we haven't known how. Yeah. Well, now we know how or at least a little bit of how we know how. So let's do what we know and let's be available. And then the signs and will follow those who believe, you know, right. we're going to see miracles. We're going to mm -hmm. watch people get come out of dead situations and, and physically right. dead That's in the, right. in the coming days, we'll, we'll be raising the dead and casting out demons. And that was the other thing I learned early on was casting out demons. Right. And we always thought you had to get loud and scream at them because they're yeah. deaf. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um, so the more you scream and the louder you got and the more you, you know, huffed and puffed and blew the house down, the, the better they were going to come out. Well, I found that to be not even the model. Mm. <laughs> Jeez. He just he was filled with God. Right. He's 100 percent God, 100 percent man. Yep. And he got off the boat and the demon screamed. Oh, I say that to people. Well, who screamed? Yeah. The demon. <laughs> yeah. The demon screamed. Yeah. And so they know the authority. So that's another thing that we're, we, we are, we transition now The the church is now being basically by God being persuaded. And it's a mandate to step up into the authority that you've been given, mm. because if we do that, we can occupy until he comes. Yeah. And we're unafraid, but we're also very, we are very attentive to how he wants things done. The worst thing we can do is start an argument or start con, uh, combating um, and getting on, uh, I always call it um, a horizontal playing field, you know, where mm -hmm. you're fighting with this issue or that issue or this uh -huh. thing or that thing. Yep. Gee, you know, we know that the, that the battle that we wage, there's war in the heavens. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Yep. And the war, the spiritual weapons that we've been given are not carnal. That's right. But they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and to destroying the works of the evil one. That's why Jesus came. That's why he was manifest, to destroy the works of the evil one. So now it's up to us to step up into our authority. And by that, we will begin to hear God very clearly. And we will have uh, direction. We will have instruction. And we won't have knee-jerk reactions to everything that goes on. We won't be um, pulled from a vertical view. I always think looking, God told me back in 2021, I think it was January, he said, from these days on, you will be living from the top down. In Mm. other words, you you will be seated with me and you have to look from my view at what's going on. And then I will give you instruction from there. And the moment I go horizontal and looking around at this issue, look at that thing, look at Mm -hmm. that injustice, look at that person or this thing or that church or what it's like, I have completely lost my focus. My compass is spinning around (laughs) Yep. and I'm ineffective. Yeah. Well, you're describing, you're describing Bible right now. Like that's, that's where we're supposed to be seated. Colossians says that we are we are hidden with Christ in God, whereas Christ, yeah. the Bible says he is seated at the right hand of the Father. So mm-hmm. it I think coming at it from that perspective of, of that kind of a kingdom perspective on these issues, I mean, that's, man, I see more and more people finding themselves in that. And, and because of that, though, I feel like Satan sees that and is also trying to react by going, ah, no. But look at this issue. This is the one that you really care about. And this is the one you should get really upset at your brother about. And then, so I do feel like the horizontal playing field is getting more tumultuous Mm -hmm. as people are starting to orient themselves like what you're talking about. And I think that that is, that's kind of, I guess I say that to, to warn people, like, be careful. I mean, you have a note in here about don't take the bait. Yes. Um, so let's talk about that. Don't take the bait. What does that mean? Why are you saying don't take the bait? What is it referring to? Well, basically it refers to anything that will try and take you off course of what God sees and his perspective and what he's training you to do, right? Mm-hmm. So here's a good example. Um, people will try and entrap you with arguments about this thing or that thing or, you know, uh, as 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 wrongs are being righted, okay, as as justice is coming, as God is answering prayer and he is uh, bringing his kingdom, that's what we pray. Your Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on this earth, right? So as that's happening, there will be people who will be very angry that that thing was done. Like, I mean, I've even heard of uh, people that are angry that um, Roe v. Wade was overturned. Yeah. And I'm like, well, this is God's world. This is God's, this, he's created us. We didn't create him. Mm-hmm. And we just don't get to take a big old black marker in our Bible and black things out that we don't agree with. It's mm-hmm. like, no, you know, God said, I, I'm going to train you. I'm going to teach you about myself. I'm going to teach you my ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Your your ways are not my ways. You know, your words aren't even my words. And so mm-hmm. I was remembering. When uh, Billy Graham was on Larry King Live, okay, and um, Larry King tried to bait him 
with a question about what do you think about the homosexual agenda? What do you think about, you know, this, this whole gay and lesbian thing? Mm-hmm. And Billy Graham sat back in the chair. He was so wise, you know, he didn't have a knee jerk response. He figured they're probably going to ask me these things, mm-hmm. but he sat back in the chair and he goes, well, that's not my message. Mm-hmm. So if he had said, well, I think this about that or that about that, well, he would have been off course because his message is also his assignment, right? Mm -hmm. And his assignment was to preach Jesus Mm -hmm. to people, to bring them into the kingdom. His message wasn't to look at the leaf of the tree. He's abiding in the vine. It's like he, he, he kept it to what he was given to do. And, um, So if you take the bait about certain controversial subjects and you begin to debate them or whatever, our position is to see things from a kingdom perspective. Well, what does God think? You know, we're, we're really, we're really uh, free in church to sing, you know, break my heart for what breaks yours, God. Right. And then when he does it, you're like, well, no, what the heck, because, God, yeah. right? Exactly. <laughs> well, I don't like that feeling or, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't agree with this or that, or I don't like that person. And then I had people who, you know, because I, I do go into some of these arenas and here's what I tell people. I, you don't know their story. Yeah. You don't know why they chose to go in that pathway. I call them love confused. It's like, They've, they've gotten into some situations or they've had some experiences that have caused them. There is a, there is a, a plan of God for people and there's a plan of the enemy for people. Okay. And the enemy's always a counterfeit. Always. It's always a counterfeit. The, the psychic realm is a counterfeit for the real, for, mm-hmm. for the true, you know, Holy Spirit breathed words of knowledge. And that's where God did that in the, God did it before the um, before the mystics and all back in way back in Genesis. He's the mm-hmm. one who gave Joseph the interpretation of Pharaoh's dreams. Mm-hmm. You know, he 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 was the one who gave dreams in the beginning. He's it's God. He's the he's the one who created dreams in the first place as a point of communication. So you're always going to have the counterfeit. So when you, you have to just know that this is God's world. This is the way he created it. This is who he is. This is how we're getting to know him. And we've got to do things his way. And we've got to understand that he's going to, we are the clay. Okay. He's the potter and we're the clay. So there's things that he'll want to reshape us or he'll want to teach us, or he wants to realign us with the way he thinks. And so when I've gotten into these uh, different arenas, I've, I've heard him say to me, you don't know what they went through. I know their story. God would say, I know their story. I've lived with, I've walked with them. I made them. I I have knitted them together. I know exactly what they're made for, but this is where they got tripped up or at the age of two or the age of four or whatever they got, they got, uh, they got infused with a lie. And it began to take a radical root system. That's why we do original root recovery, because if it's a lie, even a label, we do a thing called label removal, take off labels of people that have put people 
put them on people, right? You're no good. Mm -hmm. You're never going to amount to anything. You know, you're whatever. Or they've been sexually abused. We're seeing that more and more and more. And some of the stories when people have built, I built a trust bridge with them that live in a different lifestyle than I do. I have been, I have had to lean into God and have him give me his compassion so that I don't fall apart in my own self Hmm. because their stories are so traumatic. Oh man. And they're so, I, I mean, in my mind, I'm thinking, I can't believe that ever happened. Like who would, why like that, you know, but then I can't go there. Mm. I have to see them from God's perspective of this is the way I've created them. This is the book that's written about their life. This is what they're made for. This is what, and then I, I have, I get to call out the, or the real person. Here's who you are. Here's how I see, here's what I'm being shown about you and things. And they, it witnesses to their heart Mm. apart from their pain and apart from their bad experiences because they know it. They'll tell you, they'll tell you, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you're, you, you, no one's ever read me like that. Mm. And I go, I'm, I'm connected to the one who made you. Mm. And so, and then they'll say, are you, are you saying God? And I go, well, I, I call him God. (laughs) So they can't say, well, you can't call him God, (laughs) but I, I do. That's, that's where my information comes from, you Mm -hmm. know? And I'm a follower of Jesus and that's my story. So there's nothing they can say about that. That's where I got it. That's, that's, that's my source of information. And they can't argue with me about mm-hmm. it because it's me. I'm not pushing it on them. Mm-hmm. And um, so now they're, 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 they're in this place where they're going, I need someone who doesn't judge me like you. I need, to feel like I'm valued and I haven't. And I feel I need to understand that God's not put off by people's stuff. He's not distant. In Psalm 139, it says, even if I make my bed in hell, Mm -hmm. he's right there. Yeah. So people would say, well, they're too far gone or you'll never be able to reach them. And I just don't believe that. Yeah. I think I mean, because your, if, your experience says otherwise, for sure. Mm-hmm. And he'll go anywhere they need to. He, he'll go anywhere they go. He's with them always. And he's always looking for a way to bring them out of darkness and into light. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see this more and more. It's in Isaiah 60. And it says, arise, shine, for your light will come and the glory of the Lord will be risen upon you. Well, when that happens, there's a presence and a, and a countenance that you take on that is not human, right? Mm-hmm. The glory of the Lord causes you to have a, an appearance that's, that's different. Your face will shine, right? Mm-hmm. And they notice it. And then it says, because darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness will cover people. Mm-hmm. But you arise and and... God will draw people to you and he'll draw them to you because he's got deliverance for them because he's got you know salvation for them because he's got 
a, a way for them to take to be taken out of. I mean, if if Saul called him on his own self the chief of sinners, like he he tor- he tortured families. Yeah, you know he was horrible. Yeah, and he had that moment of where Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus, and bam, right? Mm-hmm. It was transformation at that moment. Yeah. And he went on to write two thirds of the old or the new Testament. So yeah, <laughs> I'm like, what are we thinking? How do, how do we get to a point where we think they're too far gone or, and then the other thing I noticed is parents will say to me, well, how do I get my, my kids back from this lifestyle, you know, of, you know, they were going to church, they were in youth group and all this, and now they're over here and they're tattooed and they're taking drugs and they're living same sex, right? Or whatever. Mm-hmm. And my answer to them is always, well, they're not your fish. Hmm. Because when you pray, God will lead someone into their life who can speak truth to them and it's not you because mm. you're too close. Yeah. The other thing I've, I hear is, well, my daughter now is embraced in a, a same-sex lifestyle, and she wants to bring her lover to Thanksgiving dinner. What do I do? And I said, well, are you a Christian? <laughs> you know? What, do you what love would un- Jesus do? Yeah. What would Jesus do, right? WJD. <laughs> like, because he loves unconditionally. And mm-hmm. if you say no, then you've just put up a wall. an offense and you've said you're not welcome because of who you are and you know love nothing stronger than love and perfect love casts out fear right and love always will transform the one that is that is unshakable in their love right so i mean the love will god will give you love he will give you love for the people that you're going to have and that you need to treat them the way Jesus would treat them. Mm-hmm. He modeled this with the woman who was thrown down at his feet, who was caught in the very act of adultery. Mm-hmm. You know, he yeah. could have shamed her. He could have called her names. He could have agreed with her accusers, but he saw what she was made for. Yeah. And he saw the trap that had been laid for her. And he ripped, you know, you know, the story he bent yeah. down and wrote in the sand and, they dropped their rocks one after the other. I think he wrote down names of people they were sleeping with. Right. Or yeah, it's like, <laughs> or, you know, like the fact they found her in adultery. Yeah. Where's the uh, guy? Kind of, kind of smells a little bit of like peeping Tom, you know, I, I just, <laughs> to me, it's just kind of, you know, like there's a lot of interesting implications when you really break down that whole sequence. So I actually wanted to, I wanted to ask you a question because as you were talking about um, same sex lifestyle and all of that, um, I've, I've, um, I've heard actually, um, men and women who were in a homosexual lifestyle say something different. And I think it's really going to be a case by case, but I'm curious to see what you're going to say. So the, the, the question was posed, Hey, uh, I have some, some, um, some friends who are, who are gay or lesbian and they are inviting me to their wedding. Um, and I, have a hard time with that. What is your, what's your opinion? And then they said, these are former homosexuals. And I think you're probably going to find different opinions on this, right? Even from people who used to be gay or lesbian or whatever trans. Um, And they said, but they said, by you attending a wedding, 
you are showing your support of this thing. So I would advise against going to a gay wedding, but I wanted to hear what you would say, Cindy. Um, if somebody said, somebody asked, Hey, the same situation. Hey, my, my friends are getting married and I love them, but I just can't condone this. But like, what would you say? Well, I think I would immediately start to think about them just as a person mm -hmm. who, who just needs, who, who, if we're going to love people unconditionally, it's an unconditional love because that's yeah, how God cool. loves us. Right. Yeah. So cool. I think that you can state your own heart about it. You know, I, I know that there's, you know, this is a, a pathway that you've chosen and, um, and I'm not here to tell you what you should do. Um, I want you to know that I love you and that I'm, I'm always for you and I will always be you know, for you, I mean, you're right. It is a case by case. What if I'm the sure. mom, right? What right. if I'm the aunt? What if I'm just a friend, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think that you can, uh, you can choose to say, you know, I'm going to see if this is something, you know, that I'll do. And if you really want me there, um, I, I would support you as a person, mm -hmm. but I need to let you know my own views and my own feeling about this. Yeah. And so, because that is still your testimony and that sure. is still your own conviction, mm -hmm. but it doesn't compromise your love for them, right? Because yeah. love covers a multitude mm -hmm. of all kinds of, of sin and everything else. And so you really have to, to walk that line and say, I'm going to love you. That's my first, I owe no man anything except a debt of love. That's it. That's all mm -hmm. I owe you. Right. And, but, and I, I'm, my own convictions, you know, are that I would not do this. I wouldn't, mm -hmm. I, I'm not someone who would um, be supportive of, of something like this, but I'm going to love you. Yeah. And there's even a story in my book about this, where there was a man who had been raised in the church by a, a mom. I don't know what happened to the father, but, um, but she raised her son and he became uh, involved in a, a homosexual lifestyle. And, um, his lover got AIDS and God spoke to the mom. Now listen to this. This is the unconditional love. It's in my book, words that work spoke to the mom and said, I want you to move him in to your home mm. <laughs> and I want you to take care of him. Yeah. And I want you to be there for him. Right. And so she did that and she fed him. She bathed him. She took care of him and he was, and she prayed for him to be healed. I mean, name me anybody that you know of who's ever done anything like that. And the son went to work and he earned the money for the family. And at the end of this man's life who had developed AIDS, um, she was right there to hold his hand and to love him. And as he was, and he said, will you pray with me to receive Jesus? Because I've never seen it modeled like this. I've never known a Christian. I've never known anyone. Yeah. Like this, I've never known anyone who would lay down their life and take care of me like you did. And you've just shown me what Jesus love looks like. And he knew she was a Christian. He knew it. So here's your proof in the, in the evidence right there. Right. Yeah. She, she put her own life on hold and, and against everything that she would have ever wanted for her own son. Yeah. As a, as a result, he, he got saved. Her son returned back to the faith and began to be, you know, just didn't,
didn't any longer live in a gay lifestyle. He was completely delivered because he saw the uncompromising and unconditional love of, of Jesus through his mom mm. as she took care. I mean, this is something you, 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 we're talking a supernatural love here. We're talking um, about deep like that, right? <laughs> Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash donate and become a partner today. It's deep and it, 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 it did. And it was, un, it was unwavering. Man. And every day, I don't know for how long, I don't know how long he was sick. I don't know. It could have been a year. It could have been two, mm-hmm. but I just went, oh my word, this is the most compelling story because it's, it was true mm-hmm. and it really happened. And both of them saw the love of God and they didn't want to live apart from that any longer. Mm-hmm. The yeah. one who passed on, he was saved like the thief on the cross and the one who the son turned his life back around and said, I, I want to live in this kind of love the rest of my life. Yeah. I think too, there's a, like a tendency that we have, I would say, especially in like Western mindsets, you know, where we try to kind of create formulas, like tell me what to do, tell me what to say. And then I'm going to use that formula every single time something happens, but it's different. I mean, sometimes, yeah, there are conversations I've had where I'm just supposed to love somebody and then other times where we're supposed to address something and i think that there's this the only solution i know is to just be in communion with the father like to press Mm -hmm. into him and and to know him and it's like man when we know him like we change well is it a question would be is it your assignment by god to, to confront that yeah in other words has has God opened their heart to hear something right. that you may you might say, right? Oh, because I've definitely done it where it wasn't my assignment. <laughs> Me sure. too. Me too. And why? Because we want them to have a full life. We want them to see. Right. I mean, I mean, if I if I've got just in my own life, I've got. I know I was a mess when God got a hold of me. I was a mess. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would have been had it not been for God. There's no telling what I would have done. You know, and so I know what what I had to learn about about this. And it's been, like I said, next year in 2023, it'll be 50 years mm. said I've been walking with him. And and it's like I've learned so much about things I never knew mm-hmm. about about way beyond my own natural emotion, about my own thoughts, about my own, you know, um, where, where as pastors, we feel like, well, we need to guide people into truth. You need to lead them and guide them into truth. Well, you can, but are they, are they leadable? Are they guideable? Right. Right. And so, you know, and you have to protect the other people if they've got a problem and they, you know, if they're into whatever and they start taking people from your congregation and they're in the bathroom or whatever, you know, it's like, you've got to, you got to protect that too. Mm. But you've also got to find a place where you can love them and you can give, you know, say, here's here's boundaries. Here's some boundaries here for this place. Mm-hmm. And people would say, well, what about people who want to come in who live a different lifestyle and they want to be on your worship team? Well, for one thing, um, they know that we're, we're we know the Bible and we love Jesus and we love God. So they're coming because of those things. 
those things are not going to change. Yeah. Just because someone wants to come in and be a part of that. So that would be a no. That'd be a hard no. But we're we're still going to embrace you as someone who can come in and be community with us. And I think I even did a I know I did a teaching on this um, that Jesus, when we went to Burning Man, Jesus had community. He built community with people he had nothing in common with. Right. And so, you know, you can still find out who they really are. And 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 uh, and I want people to do that for me with me, you know. I want people to still love me while I'm learning or while I'm growing or while I'm changing or when I've screwed up or when I've blown it. And when I've, you know, when I've said the wrong thing at the wrong time because I was emotional, you know, Mm -hmm. or I was mad or whatever, you know, and um, I want people to walk with me through my times of, of learning how to pull it together and, not have knee jerk reactions about everything, but also learn how to love people because Jesus did. Yeah. He, 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 he is the model that we go by with this, you know, mm-hmm. and he get, he, he had no reputation. He made himself of no reputation, but he had one and he had one by people in the city and in the towns in the Pharisees and Sadducees. And they called him a wine bibber and a glutton mm-hmm. because he was always eating, coming and seeing coming and going out of the houses of people that, he shouldn't have been there. Yeah. And I'm like, me too, you know? And so I, I, I think we, we, it's like prophecy. We see in part, we prophesy in part. We don't know the whole story. We're just doing the best we can. But as much as it lies within me, I need to be at peace with all men. And I need to be able just to, just to love people and realize that God's going to love through me when I don't have that kind of love myself. Yeah. I also know that, that if somebody's going to take a, you know, a little child or traffic them or whatever, I'm going to be mama bear because I am mama bear. But that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that I don't love them. It means that I'm, I love I love Jesus and I love his ways and I'm going to protect innocence. Mm-hmm. I will. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, and so there, there, it is a case by case scenario on that. You've got to learn how God wants you to love. He has, you have to be instructed on how he wants you to, to friend people that you've got nothing in common with. He wants you to know how he's going to teach you his ways when we don't know his ways or when we thought we knew him. And we got ourselves into situations. Um, but, you know, I, I, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. And it's the beginning of wisdom. And um, so we have that fear of the Lord that overrides, you know. It, people had asked me, they said, we want you to go to Thailand with us because there's so much child trafficking going on there. And you'll see you know, American businessmen taking children into oh, yeah. huts. And I, they said, we'll pay your way. We'll give you a plane ticket. And I said, I can't do that. I said, I, I am concerned about myself that I would go. I would, dark. <laughs> I would go, I would, I would not, I would not be controllable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because I'm that passionate about, Oh no, you don't, you know? And so, and he told me this person who asked me to go said, I've had, I've literally had to restrain my wife Mm. from going after 
someone because the police are in cahoots with it, right? Oh, yeah. Well, these are things that I knew better. I know not to put, if God says I'm sending you, then I will have a supernatural ability to be there and to, to have power under control. That's meekness, right? I have power under control. But if I'm just going because someone wants me to go, I, 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 can, I envision in my mind what I might do. And I'm afraid I would. Well, and I think too, it's like not, I, I think that what, what you're saying too is very important because man, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've done things. I'm sure there's plenty of other people that feel the same way where they've done things based out of assumption where they're like, Oh, well, I'm supposed to do this. And Jesus called me to do this. And so, yeah, I'm going to do that. And, and maybe there wasn't grace for it and it didn't go well or it didn't whatever. And I was talking to Julie, who's the producer on Elijah streams, you know, Julie and, and, yeah. um, she, you know, she's from Thailand. And, and so I, uh, my wife and I had been in missions and I went to Thailand and I went to the red light districts and, and I ministered to those men in the red light districts. And she immediately was like, I don't even know how you could do that. I have no, like, I just same, same situation where she, um, because that's kind of where her mom came out of was that whole arena. Um, of, and, um, and, she it was the same thing where she was like i just don't even know how you could do that because i just i i would have like a guttural reaction to like going yeah and i think it's it's an acknowledgement of of i guess staying in your lane and also i think it's just important to have discernment and to know when when to do something and when not to and, and well, yeah i mean if, if it's your assignment if god's giving you that as an assignment yeah because he wants like Burning Man for me was a huge stretch, mm. you know, but it was also an assignment. Yeah. And he was, he was showing me things I'd never seen or done before. I didn't know. I didn't know how, I, I didn't know. I had no idea, no grid for their culture. I didn't know about yeah. these things. So I had to go and learn and, but it was an assignment for me. And so every time I went, I had God's grace with me. I had the ability to understand what he was showing me or teaching me. And if I just, that's why I always tell people like in my courses, when I'm doing a learn and launch, you know, I'll say, look, you need to hear God tell you I'm sending you. Hmm. If Can't he's not something saying, you want to do, right? Like, I yeah. Mean, obviously, yeah. If, if I hear I'm sending you, then I know I've got supernatural ability and grace to go in there yeah. and he'll download me with whatever I need at that moment. And he'll also protect me from seeing things that will set me off or take me on a course that, you know, that, that will get my emotions riled up or whatever, because we are human. Mm -hmm. Okay. But, um, but if I don't hear I'm sending you, then I'm not going. Yeah. I mean, that's foolish. But well, I do think we are, we are also stepping up into that place of authority now. See, everything happens on God is a farmer. So everything grows. Mm -hmm. Everything gets bigger. You know, he starts with seed form and mm -hmm. then he'll grow it and grow it and grow it. And that's where you learn your, your fruits are grown. You know, the fruit of the spirit fruits are grown mm -hmm. and gifts are given. Mm -hmm. That's why you will know them by their fruit mm. and not by their gifts. Yeah. And so, you know, you have to learn how to grow in your, in the fruit of the spirit, mm -hmm. um, because gifts will take you, people are much more gifted than me. Um, and so, but, but you don't know them by their gifts, you know, them by their fruit. So that's, that's how you, it's a reflection, you know?
Yeah, so you have to grow in some of this. Yeah. And it has been huge. It's been a huge learning curve. I'm also very conscious of the fact that we've got one shot at this living on this earth, right? We got one shot at this. You're not coming back as a toad or a dog or, a, <laughs> you know, whatever. And you got one shot at this. So why not learn and be available to God and let him teach you his ways and let him give you his understanding and let him let his thoughts supersede yours and learn how to walk in him in all things. Mm-hmm. because we do have the Holy Spirit and we know all things. That's what it says in the Bible. Yeah. You know, we have the Holy Spirit. We know all things, but we also need to learn how to, to move forward fearless and accomplish whatever assignment we've been given. And we just had some years of learning about this. And there's certain things I'm really confident about. And there's certain things I know I'm still learning, but I also know what I think is coming. Mm-hmm. And what's coming is going to be a two-edged sword. Okay. It's going to be some judgment on unrighteousness. You know, I put that down one just not too long ago. It was Psalm 119, 126. It says, it is time for you to act because they have broken your law. Mm-hmm. And God does come and he does act. And he's also answering the prayers of people that have been praying and fasting and taking hold of the kingdom and and taking back it's it is two chronicles seven fourteen. They have been crying out to God and repenting and humbling themselves before the Lord, and God is answering their prayer and He is healing the land. Okay. And also with it is coming a supernatural overshadowing from heaven on people, and especially the younger people, the Gen Z's. The young kids, they're going to prophesy way beyond their years. There is a, uh, I, in fact, Mike Bickle just talked about this too when Paul Kane and Bob Jones were around and he said there's a Joel, uh, excuse me, a Luke 4.18 anointing coming on the kids. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good news, right? Yeah. To set at yeah. liberty those that are ca- captive. And it's a Joel uh, 2.28 anointing where there's going to be dreams and visions. I also think we've entered into an Abimelech moment. That means that God's going to tell you the truth in a dream. Okay. So and I first up, before we get into this, Cindy, I, I just want to be sensitive to your time because I'm I'm good to keep talking. I just <laughs> want to be sensitive to your time, okay? Because I'm this is exciting. How are you with time? I'm good with time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I really want to like, I really want to get into this whole thing about dreams because you and I were talking on the, we were talking on the phone or, or Skype or something like that. Um, Zoom or something like that a couple, oh, was like six months ago or more now. Um, but mm-hmm. you were talking about how young people are, tons of young people are getting dreams. Yeah. And not Christians, but they're getting God dreams. And, mm-hmm. and something that people are very well versed in knowing that um, God speaks to me a lot through arts and entertainment and, and movies. And, and there was a movie that came out last year called Dune. And, um, and it's, it's all about, it starts out, there's like a line right out of the gate. It's like black screen. It just says dreams are messages from the deep. And, um, and I really, and, and then it's all about this young guy uh, and 
everybody who's seen it, don't read too deep into the movie. Okay. I'm just talking about just broad strokes here. And mm -hmm. it, it's about this young guy. He's a Gen Z and he's getting dreams about his destiny. And it's contrary to the way that he was raised up to be. And it's completely different. And I really feel like that's kind of a met and that that movie came out at a very significant time because they'd been trying to get that movie made for a long time. And it was in what's called development hell. And, and then finally it came out at a very significant time, especially with everything going on and what God is doing on the earth. And I, um, I say that more as a, as a reference point to get some people who maybe aren't as well versed in this, who are watching to understand what God is doing, where he is speaking people's destiny. And it could be contrary to the way they were raised. Mm -hmm. their their current worldview uh all that you get what i'm saying cindy mm -hmm. yeah yeah so well those kinds of dreams you know you have to run everything past uh god basically i yeah. mean if, if people are really wanting to know <laughs> what their destiny is and what their purpose is you need to get in front of the one who created you mm -hmm. yeah and and ask i mean there was early on a time where god defined me to me and said, this is what I've made you for. Hmm. And it took all the fear of man out of it because I'm just made this way and I'm going to function this way because I'm made this way and I got this personality. And, you know, I love it because Joyce Meyer talks about that too. You know, I'm just who I am, you know, it's just hmm. what it is. And yeah. here's the message inside there. Yeah. Um, and, but there's also something that people need to be aware of. And this is, I've, I've run across it many, many times is where uh, the enemy also knows, uh, what you're supposed to do, right? Mm -hmm. So he's tracking. He's always trying to, to intercept or trying to, to bring a diversion or bring a, a counterfeit a type of a, a life, right? And, and it could be through circumstances. It could be through people's words. It could be through a dream. And I remember on my, um, I'll just use my own example. When my daughter was young, she had a dream that God was um, torturing this little puppy that we had. And she's raised in our home. We, she knew that God was good. We taught her the right things, right? And so what, what was happening is in her dream life when she was still and she was quiet, the devil was trying to, to give her another view of God that isn't real. Okay, so that isn't how God is. And God doesn't do that. He's not someone who, who tortures animals, right? I mean, right. especially a little puppy and stuff like that. So. Um, and so we had to combat that, but it also made me realize that the enemy is going to try at a young age to try and bring people into a different path that they're not made for. Mm -hmm. All right. So the only way you're going to know, I mean, I'm just going to lay it out. The only way you're going to know what you are made for. I mean, in all honesty is to number one, be open to whatever God tells you and get in there and find it in Noah's word. You need to know the Bible. You need to know what it says and where to find it. You need to let God speak to you in your prayer times and in times of intimacy and fellowship with the Father, the one who he who created you. That's the intimate part. God told me you're my daughter before you're my minister, and don't ever get that mixed up again. And so people need to develop an intimate relationship with God. And it was interesting, even on this last thing, somebody said, God has no gander. And I thought, I know they meant gender. And I thought, oh. well, does he have a goose? You know, I mean, it's like, 
<laughs> why why would Jesus say our father? Right. right. So it's like God is too big to fit in your head. Mm-hmm. And the only way that you're really going to know what you're made for and how you function and how he moves through you is that you get to know him through knowing, you get to know yourself through knowing him. It is always going to be an intimate relationship. That is also going to be the thing that will sustain you and anchor you mm-hmm. in the days ahead so that you're not swept off by every kind of wind of doctrine and come everything on. that will come around because yep. it does. It does. Oh, With yeah. every move of God, there's a counter move of God. Always. There always you can will speak be. With authority on this. Cause like we were talking about before the show, you've, you've, um, born witness to a lot of moves of God over the years. And and with each one, there's been this counter move, you know, that was uh, the Jesus movement, which was the free love movement, you know? So you had all the hate Ashbury and all Berkeley and all the, you know, everybody having sex with each other. And that was love. Right. Yeah. And, and it was destructive and it was, it was stripping away from the, um, the, um, importance of, of who a person really was it was it was fueling them down it was dialing them down into something and in, uh something inferior mm-hmm. to what god really meant for you to be and who you know and so you're you're going to have to develop a relationship with god and you have to do it on your own and he will do that and the only one that can do that is you and the only way that you're going to find it is by you yourself spending time with him and letting him tell you things mm-hmm. And he'll back it by his word out of the mouths of two or three or more. Let a thing be established. So he'll back it by his word and he'll back it by a prophetic word. Sometimes prophets don't go and tell you things you don't already know. They confirm things that God already Mm. told you. And so um, you have to know who God is. And that is the number one thing that's missing. That's why in this video that I did that y'all put up there, it had 85,000 views. And it's because I said, we need to, we need to go back and get a foundation under people because my husband and I, Tim, he's a pastor and we're like, it's missing. The foundations are missing. They're not even there. Like, what are you supposed to build on? You know, how many know how to really pray and allow Jesus to pray through you? How do you know how to allow God to adjust you according to things that were being misunderstood or have misunderstood? Um, how do we know what the truth is? Well, he is the truth, you know? Um, and so, but you, you find that by spending time with him and learning and, and not taking everyone's everything for yourself. Um, so yeah, we went through the Jesus movement, the prayer movement, the prophetic movement, the renewal movement, which was filled with signs and wonders and laughing and gold and oil and all kinds of things happening, you know, manifestations of, and we didn't have any grid for it because we didn't have the internet and we didn't have cell phones. It was in 94. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and we had to trust God that he was, but the fruit of it was people were being healed and people were being set free and people were coming off. They were, they were no longer addicted to drugs and meth and they weren't sleeping around and they were finding their identity and they were, you know, so there's the fruit of it. So, um, and so, this is important, especially as we move into this next move, because we have to have our anchor settled. We have to. Yeah. And the only one that's going to do that is you. I can't do that for you. No one, no, no, no church and no pastor can do that for you. Oh, we can this offer you so truth. Good, Cindy. We yeah, can offer you truth, but we can't, we can't anchor you. 
We can't make your anchor stick. You have to know that. Come on. You have to know that. And the only way to know that is God's going to tell you who you are when you get in front of him and he, and you listen to what he has to say. And then you, it identifies, you're like, oh my gosh, you're right. Or like, I mean, and then you'll have dreams that will identify you too. He'll give you foresight about some things to come. He'll give you some warning dreams. He'll warn you in dreams. There's all kinds of things that God does in dreams. And it's a secret language because nobody can steal it from you, you know? And it's, that's how Jesus, Joseph was given four dreams, how to keep Jesus alive. And God could have used anything, but he used dreams. So they're real important. It's just the church hasn't always been, we haven't been favorable toward them because we thought they were new age. Mm-hmm. But there again, you know, that's another thing that I had to learn. I had to go and repent for being stupid, you yeah. know, and saying, well, gosh, it's all through the Bible. One third of the Bible is made up of dreams and the whole book yeah. of Revelation is a vision. So what am I thinking? You know, yeah. and so we keep evolving and changing as more truth and more light comes out and, and we spend more time and we get his mind. And um, so I, 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 I don't see us. I don't see us being able to be confident because otherwise you're going to fall for everything. You're going to fall for every every kind of thing that comes down, whatever the next big thing is, whatever that looks like, you know, you'll, you'll put your, your thoughts with it. You'll, you'll try and conform your life to it. And then you'll put your money with it too. The money follows it. And you're like, you know, make sure that you are going in the right direction that you're, hearing the one who loves you more than you love yourself. Mm. You know, even this weekend I I said to them, does the devil hate you more than God loves you? I mean, God loves you inside and out and he'll do whatever he can in order to get your attention and to, because he, he he knows what you're made for. He knows how long you're going to live here. He knows what the book of life is for you. He knows why you are the way you are and what you've gone through. And he's well able to heal you from all the drama and all the stuff and get you back on track. And, um, and he will recreate and re- redefine your timeline. I think Troy Brewer wrote a book on that, regaining, or re- rega- regaining your timeline, I think is what it is. And it's where you screwed up and God comes right back around and loops it up and goes, well, okay, let's get back with the program. Here's, here's what you're meant to do. So I just think that that's where we're at. It, we've got a lot of things that are going to come at us very, very quickly. There is a storm coming. People don't want to hear that. It says in the last days, they're going to want to have their ears tickled. They're not going to want to endure sound doctrine. They're not going to want to hear the truth because it's too painful to make changes to adjust themselves to it. Well, you want to because that's where your anchor is and that's where your, that's where your hope's going to come from. And that's where you're not going to be delusion, delusional or taken off by uh, some kind of deceptive thing. It was really interesting, too. I don't know how far you want me to go with this. But when, when, COVID, hit, just... <laughs> when COVID hit in 2020, yeah, I did. You can go back on my YouTube. And I did like six or seven little short videos on WTF. Because I was like, this is nonsense. People aren't flopping over on the street. Is it a real thing? Yeah. Was it it something that we needed to be uh, paying attention to? Yes. Was there a remedy and a treatment? Yes. Mm -hmm. Was it censored? Yeah. And so 
WTF, I, I just did. And then it was walking the faith. Yeah. It's because I thought, oh, they're going to, I'm going to get slapped down for this. Mm-hmm. And then it was BS. I did another like six or seven little videos on BS, bold strategies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was BS because we knew we could see through it. And that's why I said in this uh, interview, I said, we are coming into an Abimelech moment. What does that mean? God's going to tell you the truth. Hmm. Abimelech was told that Abraham told Abraham or Abraham told Abimelech, Sarah is my sister. And in a dream, God got a hold of him and said, you're a dead man. How would you like to have that? How would you like to have God say that? And he said, no, thank you. <laughs> Sarah is his wife. Yeah. She is not his sister. And don't you touch her. Hmm. And so I believe that we are entering into a time now where God's going to tell people the truth. I think he's going to tell people in positions of decision-making power, the truth through a dream. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be undeniable. It won't be something. Think of all the people right now in Iraq that are getting saved because a man in white comes to them and reveals himself as Jesus. And they're leaving the Hindu pra- or the uh, uh, Buddhism and um, the Buddhist practice, and they're and they're Islam, coming yeah. Islam, yes, yeah. and coming into um, a relationship with Jesus. It's the fastest growing church in the world right now. Oh yeah, and so think of that, and think of how impacting that must have been for them to leave mm-hmm. everything and to follow Jesus because of a dream that they had. So. I'm not in charge. That's the good part. I'm not in charge. I'm just one of a voice crying in a wilderness here going, Mm -hmm. wake up. Let's find out what God's doing and do that. Well, I think too, like that, um, if your goal is to be in charge, that recognition that you're not in charge can be, um, it can offend your flesh. Right. Oh yeah. But, to me, that brings a huge sigh of relief. Man, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. Now, back to the show. So it's like, ultimately, at the end of the day, like, it's a relief knowing that it's not, it's not me. I'm like, man, like. There's just been for far too long, there's been this kind of stale control over the church where we have to cross every T, dot every I. It needs to be just so. And we all need to agree on every single thing. And, and, um, and tell that to the second chapter of Acts. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they were just in one accord and the Holy Spirit came and they all started speaking in other tongues and they were diverse tongues. And, you know, and then they went to repentance and then they went into relationship and then God added to the church daily those who were being saved because it was a safe place. Yeah. Because every I mean, it's like God is is. The Holy Spirit is. Uncontrollable, I'll put Mm -hmm. it that way, because I've seen him do it. I've watched it. And when you're in an environment of of radical self-expression, like at Burning Man, the Holy Spirit's radically self-expressive. Yeah. He does things you didn't expect. He he comes up in ways you didn't know. 
you know, God showed himself in a burning bush to Moses. Right. I mean, I'm like, he parted the Red Sea when the army was chasing them. He didn't, he didn't remove it. He parted it. And that's what he's going to do for us in the future. And so it's like, we, we're learning about his ways, but we don't know. We will never understand all of his ways. We just yeah. never will. Yeah. But the good part is he knows what he's doing and we follow him. Yeah. And he, right. and to the degree we know him, the more we're going to hear him and the more we're going to abort vision, uh, mission, right? Abort mission. Right. <laughs> Never heard that. Yeah. Abort mission. Like you're getting ready to get into some, you're not, you're not ready for that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and I think too, like that whole aspect of no, the, the, the fact that because God is infinite, you're never going to know all of the plan. I think that there's a lot of times where we wait. We're like, well, okay. In order to step out in faith, I need to see the end goal. I need to see uh, how this is going to pan out. I need to know exactly. I'm like, dude, honestly, man, like in my, in my experience, even, um, you know, being in missions and even after that, that's unrealistic. I'm like, sure. Yeah. That's, uh, expecting. I mean, man, like, look at, I, I always go back to like Abram and when God was calling Abram into the, the promised land, it, he mm -hmm. didn't have like, okay, you're going to go there and you're going to meet this guy named Gerald. And he's going to have like a plot of land for you to, to post up. And you're going to, so we're going to do that. And you're going to do this and this, he's like, go. And he's like, all right, right we're going. Right. No. I was looking at, uh, up the scripture. It's Romans 1133. And it says, um, out of the depth of his riches, both wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways are past finding out. Yeah, I love that. His ways are past finding out. You'll <laughs> never understand all of his ways. Yeah. You'll just understand what his way is for you right mm -hmm. now, right? Because he'll give you guidance and he'll give you direction. But his ways, if we try and control him, he's only... He'll move somewhere else. This yeah. is what's going on. If we don't allow the Holy Spirit, this is why I put in there, pray for your pastors. Every move of God has been challenged mm. and it's been confusing for people who've been operating in a certain way for a certain time. And I know this being pastors that it, it can really upset your apple cart. You know, you're not really oh, sure yeah. what this is going to look like when renewal hit with us on the Oregon coast. We're in a small little church. And everything one day was one way and one day it was the complete opposite. Like wow. people were flopping over on the floor and laughing hysterically and crying hysterically. And people were having all kinds of visions and dreams and gold was falling and oil was going. And we were like, what Tim, if you knew my husband, he's like very much like, okay, <laughs> how do I steer this? Yeah. <laughs> and God said to Tim, you've got something of mine and I want it back. And Tim said, what? And he goes, my church. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, you can have it back, Lord. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, that was out of our control and it lasted for two and a half years, man, two and a half years, a sustained visitation. I thought it was nine months. And then we went back and interviewed some some of the people that were with us during that time. And they said, Cindy, it was two and a half years. Mm, man. And we had, I was like, wow, unbelievable. Like, so that was just a little bitty taste of what I think we're getting ready to step into. Come on. The ways of God are past finding out. Yeah. So you just need to know him. 
Because if his ways are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts, we might as well just know him and let him do what he wants mm-hmm. because then it's going to have evident of fruit and it'll be redemptive and it will bring freedom and it will bring um, health and wholeness. It will bring power. That's what it says. You will receive power when the Holy spirit comes on you and it's dynamite power. Mm-hmm. It's dynamite power. That means you're going to be his witnesses. That's, you're going, you put, you will be seen as a threat. Mm-hmm. That's why I wrote words at work. Read, get this book, cindymcgill.org. Get this book. You will be seen as a threat because the enemy knows that you know who you are. And he knows that you're walking with the one who created the universe. He knows that you are solid in God and that you're here to do what He God wants you to do. And he will protect you. God will protect you. He will hide you in the day of trouble. He will, he, I, I feel... I'm just going to go there. I feel like I think, I think it's in Psalm 27. I want to say it says in the day of trouble, God will hide you. He will set you upon a rock. In other words, there's a chance that we will disappear. Hmm. If he wants us to be invisible at that moment, we will be invisible hmm. just to accomplish his p- purpose and plan. Philip, yeah. he was transported. Yeah. Right. Call well, it the Philip's, was- Philip's transport, man. Yeah. He, just, he was one place. Dude, I one want time. that, man. Come right? on now. And he didn't even have to take a bus to get there. He just found himself there. Just like, um, yeah. Well, and also too, um, I look, I, um, I know like brother Andrew used to smuggle Bibles into the Soviet mm-hmm. union and, um, and they would legit, bl- they would bring in suitcases of Bibles and right. they would open them up and they, their eyes were blind. They literally blind. would look they right at see them him. and not see them. And so it's like that level of, of radical, um, you know, signs and wonders happening during the season where it's like, yeah, I don't even know. I just walked into this place and I shouldn't be here, you know, but like I, God told me to walk in here and I did and no one stopped me and I'm here to deliver you a message, Mr. President or whoever it is. I don't know. Um, (laughs) I think that level of that level of I'm excited for that, but also something that I kind of wanted to touch on is the whole idea of discomfort that Mm. just because god calls you into something doesn't suddenly mean that you're like i'm fine with all like i would imagine cindy that you being in porn conventions or you being at burning man there were a couple of times where maybe you were like i'm i'm not super comfortable right now (laughs) right no i wasn't comfortable yeah no and and it was really weird when you know they would come in and god wanted you to hug them and they didn't have anything on Oh, wow. And I'm like, I'm not doing <laughs> hugging that guy yeah. or that woman or whatever. Yeah. It's, and God said, but I need you to because you're going to you're going to seal them up with my love for mm. my encounter to them. And I had to. That's where you die daily. I'll say, right. You really just I mean, think of Heidi Baker. I mean, she's had head lice. I don't know how many times and she's mm. always finding herself in some kind of situation that's not comfortable you know she's watched food uh multiply we've watched that too we've seen that happen and and yeah there's times when you're not going to be you're not going to feel comfortable i mean and and, but my question has always been because i had to come to this myself remember when i told you there's growing pains Uh it's like uh like when my girls were little my oldest one especially when her legs would grow they would hurt 
and she would lay in bed and she would cry and I'd have to give her some pain medicine, you know, because her legs would hurt when they would grow. And that's kind of what it felt like. And um, so there were times when I was in growing pains and I thought I had to say, at what moment did any of what I do now depend on my comfort level? Yeah. I mean, Jesus wasn't comfortable when he had to carry his own cross mm. and then be nailed to it and take all the, the lashes on his back. Right. So at what level did it become about your comfort? Mm-hmm. And I mean, do you want to see someone rescued? Are we to set captives free? Are we to pull them out of darkness and into light? Are we to cancel the assignment of hell over their life? If so, then, you know, God's going to give you the ability to do it. And it's no longer about your comfort level. You know, I mean, you see that you talked about missionaries and they, they have this question all the time. You know, well, what about food? What about having to go for days in the sun or sleep in the woods? Or, you know, you might have snakes all around you or whatever. Well, when did it become about your your comfort level? You know, mm. so it, it is it's a learning process and it's a growth pain. Mm. It's something that you just have to, you know, you just have to see that. Well, OK, I mean, if this is where you want me to go, I, I wouldn't keep doing what I'm doing. If I didn't think God wanted me to do it, Mm. I would stop. I mean, there's, we are in seasonal, God is a seasonal God, right? Mm -hmm. So there are seasons when you go through or do certain things and there's seasons where you don't anymore. Yeah. But I feel because of um, what I've learned about the sex industry, especially and about some of the things I've seen and some of the things people have told me in their own words. I feel like I'm not done there. Mm. And I have a real heart for, especially the younger kids. Yeah. And, um, and God's shown me and taught me how to navigate it because unless you've got God's compass, you really don't know. You can use your own, but it's not going to get you where God has you go, you know? So sucks. Our own compass is stuck. (laughs) (laughs) And they spin around and you don't know. You don't know really what you're doing. And so that's kind of where I'm at with it. But anyway, I know that we've covered a ton of things and I probably have whacked a bee's nest. I know we got to, we got to let the the people kind of just let it just marinate. You know, I think the the big takeaway though is, is people be bold, like where, wherever God is asking you to go, you don't need it to make sense. Um, If, if God is leading you, I think if anything, Cindy, that's been your, your life has been, it doesn't need to make sense. It's just go where the Lord's leading and be obedient. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He'll train you in the moment yeah. and he'll, he'll give you, you can tell if you're meant to be there because he will, you'll feel his presence. Okay. Mm-hmm. You'll feel him. You'll feel him giving you supernatural, um, I guess, ability or the anointing to be there. And um, then he'll give you words. He'll give you, um, he'll map up your, he he told me, um, you put your finger on the pulse of culture and I'll bring you the encounters. And Mm. I know that God directs my steps. I know that he, he directs my steps everywhere I go because my, my steps are ordered of him. 
And I take those things seriously. I'm not just nonchalant about that. I know that wherever I go, every place on which the sole of my foot treads, God's already given it to me. So I go and I know that he's directing my path. And I uh, honestly have so many divine encounters with people that I would have never had an audience with in that moment, you know, but God set it up and I was at the right place at the right time in order to make the deposit of whatever God wanted to say or do to bring that person into an awakening or an awareness of God's love and his, his, he's with them in trouble to deliver them from it. He's with me in trouble to deliver me from it, you know? And so uh, then it brought about his, the fact that he's real. And I, I, I felt that, you know, for us, you know, we have to re-educate the church on how God loves because we haven't been very good at it. No. I wasn't very good at it. I wasn't very good at loving people. I wasn't good at not judging them. I was, I was always trying to bring correction hmm. and try and bring people into a place of change before they ever had an encounter with the one who loves them more than, than I thought I did or, or whatever, or I thought I was doing them a favor hmm. by calling out their, their sin. And again, God, God brought me up short and he said, you don't know their story. Mm. He said, you don't know why yeah. they chose to go that way. And I do. And I know what got them here. So I just, um, yeah. you know, I've had to learn as I go and I'm still learning that I'm now, it was in June, 2020. And then I'll close with this, but I was like, I was so mad because everybody was all masked up and they were six feet apart. and. I'm a dream interpreter. Well, mm -hmm. I, and I, I give words to people and I give hugs to people and I couldn't do any of it mm -hmm. because yeah. I couldn't get them to take their stupid mask off for a second, <laughs> you know, and I couldn't hear their dream. And I was like, God, I can't raise up outreach teams if everybody's living in fear and I can't, I can't get to them. And he said, well, you're not racing up outreach teams anymore. You're racing up an army. Whoa. dude! And, and then later on, I was uh, at a global prophetic summit and I had two people independently say to me, you're not racing up outreach teams anymore. You're raising up an army. Mm -hmm. So I Operation. felt like that's one yeah. of my, yeah. One of my next assignments is to launch people and to give them a permission to to be lovers of God, to uh, allow Jesus to flow through them because we are supernatural um, that, you know, we are um, aliens and not of this world. The greater mm -hmm. one lives on the inside of us. It's no longer I who live, but him who lives in me. And so uh, to give people permission to, to go into all the world and let God direct you and learn your own relationship with him and find out what he wants you to do and where he wants you to go. And when you do that and you're in agreement with a group of people who also know their place, they know who they are. They've dealt with their stuff. They're not, you know, they're not leaving any loopholes open. You can go into a place and God will create a portal over you wherever you go. Mm. And that's why I know that they've talked about the Travis Scott concert, you know, where they had to go in through this, uh, skeleton head and oh yeah and then the demonic stuff right and somebody who isn't saved 
was on YouTube or somewhere, TikTok, and said, this thing is a portal. It's a portal of hell and demons are coming out. And my instant thought was, why weren't we, why weren't we there closing a portal of hell and opening a portal of heaven? Yeah. Because we did that in the temple at Burning Man. We went in and we literally got, because we were in agreement and we went together and it was, we were intent on one thing and that was to bring the presence of God to allow him to be free. He took over the whole atmosphere shifted and changed inside the temple Hmm. at Burning Man. And people started falling. They came out of their trances and out of their seances and they started feeling the presence of God. They started feeling the real thing. Yeah, the real thing. And they told us that. They said, I've never felt anything like this. And we go, well, yeah, this is the creator. This, this, this experience is brought to you by the creator of the universe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And um, people were having all kinds of uh, touch. They were being felt, they felt the presence of God. They felt it for the first time ever. Mm -hmm. And they knew that it was not uh, a false experience. God made it very real. I think there were angels released in there. People were speaking in tongues. People were falling over. Some of the um, the security guard, Caleb will tell you that, they were going to call the medics to come and get them because they thought something has happened here. People are having drug overdoses or something. They're falling over. And Caleb went over to him and said, I think they're fine. <laughs> But I mean, we saw it firsthand. That's what I'm telling you. And I had no grid for that. I didn't, that was a learn, that was a growth plate for me. That was a growing time for me. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. You really are all about this more than we are, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And I think too that that experience and those years that you went to Burning Man really are kind of, um, to me, I kind of view what you guys did as like, uh, you know, that the spies going into the promised land sort of and being mm-hmm. like, dude, check this out. This is what God is doing. And now that like you were saying earlier in the interview, it was like it was. Uh, you're now the things that were at Burning Man are kind of just commonplace. I mean, you, you know, you can go to the store and you can see magazines and there's full on top promoting witchcraft and the occult and all that stuff. It's just at target or Mm -hmm. wherever. And, and so I think, um, so we step into now, if the church will learn your identity through intimacy with Jesus and step up into your authority that God has given us. He gave us God gave him all authority over all things. He conquered Satan on the cross mm -hmm. and then he gave it to us. Yeah. And if we step up into the authority, we are above all mm-hmm. of the other stuff and it falls inferior to the presence and the, the, the person of Jesus and the God of the universe. And, and I tell you people that have been in these, these uh, dark places, you know, witchcraft and alcohol, they know it. They tell you, they tell you, Oh my gosh, I didn't know because what they're looking for is power. And what I told you before, mm-hmm. you know, Tim, was praying and he said that they don't like the church and God said, they've never seen the church. I mean, that's just what he said. They've yeah. never seen the church. He said, well, they don't like Christianity. And he goes, they don't like powerless Christianity. It's like, Oh snap. Mike because, dropped by God. <laughs> because, you know, we haven't been operating in power. Yeah. And so that's what they're looking for. They're looking for yeah. the real thing. Yeah. But they've been diluted and they've been taken captive by the enemy and the God of this world 
who comes as a shining light, as a bright mm-hmm. light, you know, comes as a, a, a light to deceive many. Mm-hmm. And so we have to know the truth because it's like people that, let, that go and work at the bank. They have to handle so many real bills in order to know when the counterfeit comes in. Yep. And so you have to, we got to do that now. We don't have the, our timeline for whatever's coming, which it's soon, it's right on us, by the way, in the next, mm-hmm. I mean, we're looking at it. It's yeah. staring us in the face. Yeah. Get with God and know him. Yeah. My sheep know my voice and the mm-hmm. voice of another they don't listen to, period. Mm. Without question. My sheep, the people I know, my ones that are called by my name, they know my voice and the voice of another they don't listen to. And that is where we have got to be. You know, if you go and look at Matthew 24, it says, look, if the days weren't shortened, it you know, if it were possible, even the elect would fall away. That's the kind of deception that's going to be coming on this earth. And so you've got to know the truth because the truth will set you free. And there's this huge revival of an ingathering of a billion souls and more that are going to be coming in, but they're also going to have to know the truth and they have to get a foundation. Mm -hmm. It's not just hype. It's not just, it's not synergetic stuff. You know, it is, it is not because people come together and it's a synergetic moment. It is because it is a life transforming moment in people's lives where they, they see God, they know God and they want him and they hunger and thirst after him. And they don't, they're not going to take counterfeit. They're not going to take anything that is not him. My sheep know my voice. My sheep know my voice. When God says, get out, get out. When says, when God says, go, go. When he says, stop, stop. When he says, say this, say this. When he shows you something and he doesn't want you to say it, you don't say it. It's a maturing process, you know, where you learn to only do what he says. Jesus modeled it for us. I only did what I saw the father do. I only heard what I I only said, what I heard the father say. That's where we are. Yeah. So be bold people be bold, go forth. Be bold. So, um, Cindy, why don't you uh, give people the deets on all the places (laughs) you are? Well, um, coming up here, let's see, I will be in Houston. Uh, at the Open Door uh, Church, I'm going to do a learn and launch in Houston. It's on my website. All this is on my website. CindyMcGill.org, everybody. Yeah. Then we're going to do uh, one night in Salt Lake City, one night with Tim and Cindy. It's just a one night time to uh, pray and to love on people that we've were labored with and known. We pastored there for a number of years. It's open to everyone, though. And then uh, we will be in Hawaii. It's on my website as well. I'm doing a learn and launch over in Hawaii. That was just kind of a fun thing that popped up. And then we'll be doing one in Maine, um, outside of Portland, Maine. And it's a little town. I can't remember the name of it, but you'll see it. It's Everything's on the website. And then we will be in uh, Mansfield, Texas, uh, December 3rd. I think it's the first weekend in December doing a learn and launch there. Um, I will be uh, at the adult convention in January. And then I will be, uh, one of the speakers at the, uh, crown conference, which gathers around 2,500 to 3000 people in, uh, Texas down near Houston area. That's the end of January. And then we're in Waxahachie, Texas. Waxahachie. Waxahachie. That's crazy. Yeah. In, um, in, uh, February. Okay. And then it looks like we're going to be doing something maybe um, in the Dallas area, a great big training and a big launching. Uh, Dallas is right. I didn't see us living here. And um, 
we moved back here. God moved me back. I'm from Dallas originally. Oh, okay. But he moved us back here for revival and for training. Mm-hmm. And in, in um, 1986, Bob Jones had a word for Tim and I, and it, I, I never thought it was true, you know, because you're like, no, but he said, okay, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. He said, you guys are supposed to evangelize the church. Oh man. He said, the church I, needs to be saved. And I was like, you're wrong. I go out and I do hookers and I do the, you know, whatever. And I'm mm-hmm. on the streets and I'm, I'm in the middle of everybody's mess, you know, mm-hmm. and God. And then after Bob Jones died, Tim had a dream and he saw Bob Jones in a chair and Tim grabbed my hand in the dream. We were going toward him and he looked over his shoulder and said, I've already told you what to do. Man. So we're in Dallas to evangelize the church, to launch an army of people who are unafraid, who know God, who want to know God. Mm. Even if you, even if you'll start to know God, he will chase after you and help you know him. Mm. And then you'll know yourself and you'll know your place and your gifting and you'll grow in your fruit and you'll be able to, to really accomplish everything that he's been, he's giving us to do in this final day. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And also everybody, you can go to Cindy McGill and get words that work. You can get for what your dreams are telling you book, which is uh, anytime that we've sold it, I think on the Elijah list, it's been a popular thing. You know, people are so fascinated by dreams and so yeah. that's a great, great place to start. If you're curious, get that book, all of that. I've, got, I've got-, got dream courses too online. I had to do them like videoed because there were people from all over the world who just couldn't make it to a zoom call. Mm, right. Yeah. So I'm, a, I'm fixing to redo them better because they're done kind of like sitting in a chair, no makeup, nothing, you know, it's just like, Oh, yeah. this and that and that and this. Yeah. And so um, I'm going to try and get them a little bit more, um, you know, done a little more professional, a little more fancy, fancy. Yeah. yeah. But, you also these sweet visionary hoodies. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. are sweet. Yeah. And, and yeah. in the, in the binoculars, it says Jeremiah 33, three. Oh, that's awesome. Call in to me and I'll show you great and mighty things which you didn't know. Oh, that's, I love So, it. yeah. So we have those and people wear them around. And- yeah. Go sell, go sell her out, you guys. Just go, <laughs> everybody go buy one right now. Go buy one. Yeah. So, so anyway, I hope this, I hope it was helpful. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not here to tell you I know all things. I don't yeah. know. You know, I know Holy Spirit, he knows all things, but um, I, I just know what I've learned and I know what I've had to unlearn in order to relearn God's yeah. ways, you know? Yeah. And, I love um, that. It's been a great adventure and I'm, I'm excited. I actually think let's do this thing, man. I've been in it 50 years now. I'm going, I'm not backing out. No, no way. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is I love time. it. I yeah. think it's awesome. I think, yeah, that there's just like a bridge too between, cause you do a lot with, you know, you represent the, baby boomer generation and and you but you do a lot with the younger generations and that's yeah that's an amazing bridge yeah um, i love the young people i think they're amazing i think they're warriors are made for this yeah and i just love their creativity i love their uniqueness i love the fact that they're not you know they're just not going to buy a lot of this stuff that they're having to face they're facing stuff we never did right you know yeah and um I just believe that God's supernaturally going to protect them Mm -hmm. in the days to come. 
Yep. And he's going to give them, you know, and I'm all back, man. I'm, I'm behind them a hundred percent. I'm like, whatever, get your new songs, your new sound. There's always a new sound with a new move. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, do it, do it. We'll just, yeah. we're going to celebrate you. We want to celebrate yeah. everything you do. Love I don't it. care what it sounds like. It may Come not be on. my stuff, but it's your stuff. And if God likes it, I like it, you know, and if uh-huh. that's who you are, then do it, you know? So. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Well, Cindy, thank you so much. This was, this was awesome. I, I think we probably could have gone for another hour, you know, yeah. I know. <laughs> you know. I'm like, Oh my gosh, we're up to two hours now. So. I know this is one of our longest episodes. <laughs> yeah. Hope people I'm, stayed with me. Yeah. They actually going, oh did. My we, gosh. We held, we held yeah. consistent, like for the, the whole two hours. Oh, so good. <laughs> people are really, really, really into this. And I think, um, you know, uh, I'm just excited, excited to see it all play out. I feel the fear of the Lord on it for sure. Yeah, um, I know yeah, I could too. So, yeah, I just love it. I love the fact that he trains us in his ways and he, mm-hmm. he's not afraid to, to help us with new stuff. So, yeah. Um, so I just pray for everybody to have dreams. I pray yeah. for God to give you supernatural insight. Mm-hmm. I pray for the Lord to just download you with, uh, the knowledge of him and everything, right? So he's going to give you the way to understand him deeper in a full way, remove the religious crap off of you. (laughs) I just want to say that because we've all had to do it. And I still, you know, that we're not going to be hindered or or taken or, or held back by past mistakes or things that we've done or junk that we've, um, you know, things we've experienced that God's going to heal us and remove us and remove the trauma from it. And that we're going to be able to, to propel forward uh, full speed ahead with just new life and everything that is not meant to go with us into this next season. God's going to take it. He's going to remove it from you. He's going to cut the corpse off your ankle. So you're not dragging that thing around with you anymore and bring you into a whole new perspective of yourself and understanding of yourself and, and who he is in you. Right. And that he'll be able to use your story. Your, your mess is always a message. So never forget that, you know, you didn't go through things for nothing. Um, Your mess is always a message and God will use it to set other people free too. So, because he's that we're the freedom lounge, right? Mm-hmm. We're all about freedom and pray for the mm-hmm. uh, team going out. There's a team going out to Burning Man this year. I'm not going with them, and that they're just going to be blessed and encouraged, and they're going to see all kinds of fruit, and they're going to have a lot of people come to know him mm-hmm. out there this yeah. next coming week. So, yeah. Amen. Anyway. Yeah, I love that. It's good. Well, Cindy, thank you again. This was amazing. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to want to rewatch it. My wife always watches the episodes after. And so I'm going to be, I'm going to be listening it again. There's just a (laughs) lot. I was taking notes. I got like two pages of notes. So yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. good I didn't take any notes. You can send them to me. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if it's going to be legible for you, but, uh, you know, yeah. So, but yeah. Well, words at work is really going to help a lot of people give you new language. Yeah. And that way uh, you can avoid language landmines. Yeah. And there's a whole, a whole list of different say this, not that. It's kind of like yeah. those like fitness things where they say eat this, not that, but it's like <laughs> say this, not that. So, yeah. It'll uh, keep you from getting, uh, from getting walled up yeah. and having people throw stuff at you or, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So anyway, yep. yeah. And, and there's stories in there too, redemptive stories of people's uh, lives and how God met them. 
because he loves us so much. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's the well, one thing Bob Jones said. Remember, he said when he went to heaven, he said, God said, did you learn how to love? Yeah, that's right. That was I the remember. one question. Did like, you learn how to love? Yeah. I'm like, I'm still learning. You're like, oh, so. man. I think that's the point, though. It's like, just, you know. Yeah. Just keep, you keep going until there's always more, you know, I there's know. always more ways that we can love and better ways that we can love. So, yeah. Yeah. So everybody go buy the book, follow her on social media, go subscribe to her YouTube channel. All that stuff is in the description. <laughs> um, have a blessed rest of your day. Join us. We're doing a little something different. We're adding an extra episode this week because we can. Uh, and Good. so tomorrow, join us tomorrow. Chris Elisha is going to be back. You'll find out why tomorrow. It's going to be a great episode. It's going to be a banger. So go tune in tomorrow, 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time, and we will see you then. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description for more info on how you can donate today.